me this morning to 1 John, 1 John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3, hallelujah, 1 John chapter 3. While you're turning there, let me mention something to you. There is, there's been three ages that we've lived in. We've lived in what we call the agriculture age. We've lived in the industrial age. And now we're living in the informational age. Those are the three ages that we've lived in. Agricultural, industrial, and now information. How we're living right now, information is what we're all about. We want information. We want information. We've been trained to uh, seek information, obtain information. And so everything we do, whether we recognize it or not, is what kind of information, information am I getting so I can process the information? Remember, I told you that we only retain 25 to 30 percent of information. 25 to 30 percent of information. And it has been proven that knowledge are increasing and doubling rapidly. There were times back when knowledge doubled every 20 years or every 10 years or so. Knowledge are doubling now every four years or probably less. So what we know today in 2016 and 2020, we will know double the amount of what we know today. Knowledge are coming at rapid speed into our mind. But what that also means is it's hard to retain all of it. So when you come to church, if you listen to the word of God for knowledge, you're probably going to miss it and not retain it. The kingdom of God, the church of the living God, is not about knowledge. The devil have more knowledge than you and he going to hell. So knowledge is not what we're striving for. We're striving to have a spiritual encounter with the almighty God. Jesus Christ himself is what we want because if we allow God to work in our heart as the information is coming, then we can retain it. But if we listen to it just to retain it from the knowledge, we will not retain it because it's very small amount of it that we will receive. So here is what I will suggest to you that you need to do in order to retain it. Through church services before, during, and after, it's essential that you worship and praise God in the interim. So during the time, we might need to take time out to praise the Lord while the preaching is going on. We might need to take time out to worship the Lord while the preaching is going on because that's our way of retaining the Word of God. But if you sit and get it for for information... That's why we leave many times. Church was good, girl. Really? What was the message about? What was the title of the message? What, 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 what did the preacher say? Um, well, you know, um, you know, Psalms 23, but, but it was good. And we can't help anybody. Because it's hard to retain all the information because information is coming on, coming to us Facebook. Information is coming to us Twitter. Information is coming to us text. Information is coming to us email. Information is coming to us in every kind of way. I mean, billboards, when we watch TV, all they're trying to do is program us to retain the information they want us to retain. So information has bombarded our mind and we're struggling to retain and, and, and retain. And most of the times, because church is not the thing that you're, you're, you're hearing most of the time, that's probably the least of your retention. You know, on TV, they show you the same commercial 
every time there's a commercial. So if you're watching a basketball game or a football game, you'll see that Guinness commercial over and over and over. You'll see that Geico commercial over and over. So you have a better chance of retaining the information from Geico and Guinness and Budweiser and all these things. Mercedes, those are the commercials that's dominating the air now. So you will have a better chance of retaining that information than this information. The only way to retain this information better than those information is to make this spiritual and not informational. So it's important how we respond to God's word to retain God's word. Why am I not feeling like I'm not growing, I'm not moving? Because maybe we're receiving God's word just from an informational basis and not a spiritual basis. And the only way to retain it and get it spiritually is to worship the Lord. When when you hear something that can help you, you ought to just stop. It doesn't matter. Don't pay me no mind. But when you hear something that is important and impactful and vital to you, you ought to just stop and say, oh, Lord, I worship you. Jesus, you are my God. Let this word go into my heart, Lord God, and do what you needed to do. God, I worship you. Oh, hallelujah. That's Just get into it. And let the word change your life. That's what we need. First John chapter 3, verse 1. The word of the Lord says in verse 1, Behold, means look, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Behold, or beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when we shall, when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Let's pray. Father, let the Spirit of the Lord have preeminence in our heart. For Lord, we want this word to transcend. I don't want it just to go in my mind, but I want it to go in my heart. I want the word of God to transform my life, oh God. I don't want this session to be informational only, but I want it to be spiritual. I want whatsoever that transpired today through the preaching of the word to transform my life and to make a great impact deep down spiritually. God, move on your people that the word of God will impact them in, in a spiritual way, in a powerful way, in a way, Lord God, that will bring about change and that the word of God will be, oh God, retained into their soul, into their mind, into their heart that God, they will not leave the same way. Father, rain down your blessings and allow us to entertain your presence. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Let everyone say amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's pray for Sister Charlemagne and her family. Her mom just passed last night. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, what is going on? Help us. Help us, Lord Jesus. I pray for for Sister Charlemagne, her children, her husband, that you will strengthen them, that they will experience your peace, and that, Lord God, the will of God may be done in their life. Lead them in the path of righteousness. I pray, Lord God, that this tragedy, Lord God, will not cause them to waver in you, but they will be steadfast, unmovable, unmovable, and unshakable. Bless them and keep them. I pray for provision in every way that they can do what must be done. In Jesus' name, amen. I am, it is unnerving to me how much I've been surrounded by death and sickness uh, lately. It's unnerving to me. I'm, 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 I'm doing my best to fight through it, but I'm telling you, everywhere that I turn, everywhere I look, I feel death 
and sickness is just all around me. And I don't know what that's all about, but all it can do is make me say, I need to get closer to Jesus. So if my time come, at least I know heaven, I'm heaven bound because death and sickness is all around us. I don't know if it's the age thing. You know, you get to a certain age, you know, uh, the people that you have known for a long time, whether it be uh, relatives or whoever it is, uh, you, you, you begin to see them get older. And so death becomes, you know, more regular. I don't know if that's what it is, but I just know there's a lot of sickness and there's a lot of death that is all around me. And I'm saying, God, this is so challenging. Help me. But today I want to talk to you on this topic. Your future begins with the present. Your future begins with the present. During the 60s of the hippie movement, there was this talk of free love. As a matter of fact, they quoted the scripture that says, God is love. The hippies did. They said that anything they call love had to be God. And so that was a big thing. They show love, so in their mind, they're about God's business. But love, by any definition, is not God. I know the scripture says God is love. But that's not, God is not the definition of love. The statement in John, God is love, means that God is filled with loving kindness and compassion. God is filled with loving kindness and compassion. Somebody say amen. Try to get you going here this morning. Still on Thanksgiving break. This word love is translated agape. Which means divine love. It's not just any kind of love. It's a divine love. Not the love that we think we know. Not the love that we say we're showing. But this is divine love. The love that God is talking about in the scripture is not the love that we are accustomed to. Because truly, we can never know according to the scripture. We can never know love until we know God. Because God is the one that instant, that, that, that initialed uh, or, or, or was, was the one that gave birth to love. And, and so the love that we have shown to one another, it, it's probably a little bit tainted. It's not the love that God shows to us. Agape love. It's divine. It's from God. It's not humanistic. It's, it's godly. It speaks of compassion, regard, and kindness. This kind of love is motivated, uh, by God. And so when God Loved us. This is why Jesus Christ came to die for us because it was because of the love of God. Now, here's the trick to this, to this love that we're talking about. That's how we know it's not from human. What did we do to deserve God's love? Come on, I want to answer. What did we do to deserve God's love? So why are we letting people earn God's love? Earn our love, we should, I should say. We didn't do anything to earn God's love. God loved us just because. Yes. Our sins didn't stop God from loving us. Our wrong didn't stop God from loving us. Our ungodliness and rebellion didn't stop God from loving us. This love that God has shown us is unselfish. It's unselfish. Love that transcends our natural affinity. It is a love that doesn't come naturally. So nobody have agape love naturally because it is a divine love. In order to have real love, it must come from God. In order for us to love people the way they should be loved, we have to get it from God. In fact, it comes from God, this love we're talking about, of which we can only partake of when we become true Christian people. 
when we're true Christian people, we can now demonstrate, we can now show this love that God has shown us because the only way to show this love is by the power of God that dwells in us. We can't do it with our natural ability because we don't know what true love is all about. So we're going to love people the way they need to be loved, the way God said to love. It must come from God. This love is amazing. And we would not have known it. The Bible says we love him because he first loved us. So what we're doing is we're copying what he did from the very beginning. And if we're copying him, then we're supposed to show the same kind of love he showed. Not because you deserve it. Not because you earned it. But because the love of God is in me, I must love you. The scripture says, but as many as received him. So because of his love. Oh man, help me this morning, Lord. Because of the love of God. He showed us love, but here is the trick. He showed us love. He showed us love. But because you show somebody love, it doesn't mean that they're going to receive that love. That's a big struggle right there for many of us. You're loving and you're saying, how can they act like that when I'm loving them? How can they treat me like that when I'm loving them? Well, they did that to Jesus. Because the word of God says, but as many as receive, what it means was as many as receive the love that he showed towards us, as many as who accepted the love that he showed to us, he gave them the ability, he enabled them the ability to become the children of God. Oh, 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 oh. The reason why some people haven't become children of God is because we have not yet responded, accepted His love for us. And that's all it's about. God loves us in spite of our ways. God loves us in spite of our rebellion against Him. God loves us because He just loves us. And now it's up to us to embrace His love. It's up to us to accept His love. It's up to us to say, yeah. So I'm convinced, I'm convinced, I'm convinced that many of us are struggling with God because we don't know how to accept love. Mm, Help me, Jesus. We're struggling with being Christians. (laughs) We're struggling with being godly. We're struggling with living right. We're struggling in order because we have not received and responded and accept the love of God. If we will just, God, I'm going to respond to this love. God, this love that you have shown me, I'm going to eat it up. I'm going to accept it. And when you start to do that, you will begin to watch your life being transformed. You will begin to see God do some magnificent things in your life because you have accepted the love. Tell your neighbor, accept his love. Respond to his love. Just don't let him love you. Let it fall by the wayside because that's what's wrong. We're letting God's love fall by the wayside. We're saying, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. He's saying, I'm, I love you. And I'm showing you that I love you by doing this and doing that for you. And you're like, ah, just leave me alone. God loves us. And if we don't respond to his love, We're rejecting his love. If somebody hugs you and you don't hug them back, how you feel? Or vice versa. You hug somebody and they don't hug you back. How you going to feel? They didn't do anything wrong, but you feel rejected. Help me somebody. That's what we're doing to God. He's hugging us and we're like, okay, okay. Hey, Lord. All right. That's what we're doing. Instead of saying when God is 
wrapping his bear hugs around him, just bear hugging back. Yeah, Lord, I love you, Jesus. I appreciate you, God. We got to love him back as he's loving us. For that's our way to get into his presence. And that is our way to experience eternal life. God is loving us and we need to love him back. We need to love God back. And God understands that you don't know what he's saying is just trust me, I'm loving you. Didn't I show you that I love you? Who in their right mind is going to give their life for some people that don't even know him? Who in their right mind is going to give their life for somebody that just, just don't trust them and don't, don't respond and be who in their right mind but God? Who is going to die for us and we're ignoring them? Well, leave me alone. Who, who going to die for us? Nobody. So that should be enough to say, trust him. That should be enough to say, reach out to him. That should be enough to say, sit on your bed or on your couch and just say, God, I don't understand all of this. And I don't want to just rebel against you. I don't want to just do my own thing. I just don't want to do nothing. But God, will you show me and help me how to love? I don't understand all of this. But I know you're so wonderful and I know you're so awesome. I know you're so powerful that you will help me through this. I don't understand it all and I'm not going to pretend to know it all and understand. But just Help me to take baby steps, God, because I want to love you like you love me. I say that all the time to God because I know the way he loves me, I don't love him the same. Ah. I know I don't love him the same, but I say it all the time. I say, God, I want to love you like you love me. I want to love you like you love me because if I can ever accomplish that, then my God, there will be nothing I would withhold from my God because guess what? He loved me so much that he did not withhold any good thing from me. Neither did he do for you. So God, because of his love, because of his love, he extended his love to us. And when we receive his love, we are now empowered. We are now enabled. We are now strengthened to become sons and daughters of God. How beautiful is that? How wonderful is that love? Mm. Sons and daughters of God. It means we're children of God. When God said we're, we are his children, you know what that, 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 that emphasizes? When God said you are my children, you know what he's saying? This is heavy here. You are my children. You know what he's saying, Daryl? He's saying you have been born unto me. Man, oh man, God gives us, if we would just pay attention. When God calls us children, what he's saying, Eric, is you were born unto me. Who in here had parents that they was not born unto? You were born unto your parents. That's why you were their child, whether they kept you or not. You were born unto them. So all of us identify our parents because we were born unto them. That's why we are their child, because they, they, they gave birth to us. There's no other way you could have become a child of your mom and dad if you didn't born. Okay. I love the Lord, Daryl. He just does things so, it's, he is amazing. So that's why he said to us, we got to be born again. <laughs> Y'all missed it. God says, I'm not circumventing what I've already put in place. And what I've put in place is everyone that is born unto their mom and dad, they are the child of that mom and dad. And so, for you all to become my children, you must be born unto me. Oh, God. You're, so now you understand We've always had different understanding of we must be born again. But here is another way that he's showing us why we must be born again. Because in order to become his child, we must be born unto him. In order to become the child of Jennifer, I had to be born unto her. Whoever your mom is, in order to become her child, you had to be born unto her. Whoever your dad is, you had to be born unto him. It was, it, it, they, the two had to come together to create you so you can be born. Well, they didn't create you, but you know, the stuff that's in you came out of you and God did the rest. But we had to be born to them to be considered their children. 
So that's why Jesus says we must be born again to become his child. So we can't say, oh, well, I want to be a child, but I don't know about that born again stuff. We got to be born again in order to become the child of God. There's no other way to become a child of God because there was no other way to enter into this world. You had to be born to enter into this world. So, so why you think that you can just enter into the kingdom? This is why it's erroneous to just confess that Jesus is Lord and he died for your sins and now all of a sudden you are a child of God. It, 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 it goes around the scripture. It doesn't go according to the scripture. So nobody is a child of God unless they're born unto God. Oh, come on. Can't, can't get around it. And when we stand before God, he's going to say, weren't you born unto so-and-so and so-and-so? Yes, Lord. So how do you expect to be born of me and you didn't get born again like I asked you to? Listen to this text that you know so well, but listen to it again. John chapter 3, verse 3 says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man, human, be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, listen to this, this is good. Number four is the, is, the, is the verse here that really sticks out. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? So Nicodemus is trying to get it right or trying to be smart. And Jesus is making sure he's clear in what he's saying. Verse 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And then Jesus made it clear, That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. So what he's saying is, All of us had to be born of the flesh to enter into this world. But all of us must be born again by the Spirit to enter into the kingdom of God, to become a child of God. Can't get around it. So, the love of God, the love that God has, He gave it. For God so loved the world that He gave. So He's always extending Himself, not somebody else. Here we go again. I can't say I love you, but I'm going to let my son take care of this. What kind of love is that? I love you, but let me let my son handle this, you know, this, this business here. But I am the one that loves you, but I'm just going to let my son do this. <laughs> Y'all following me? You see why Jesus Christ is God Almighty? Because it, would, it couldn't have been love. How can he say I love you, but you know what? I'm going to let my little man go down and die for you. But I love you. But I'm just going to sit on my throne and let my little son take care of that for you. Then that ain't real love because love come from you. You can't love somebody with somebody else. Love come from you. Your love for somebody flows from you. You can't let nobody love somebody for you. You love them on your own. So how was it the, the son different from the father? If he is, then his love that he's talking about ain't real love. So now we know. It had to be God that became man and his name is Jesus Christ. Had to be. That's, if, if he's showing his love to us, that's the only way it could be righteous love, agape love, divine love. So that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of spirit is spirit. So maybe this is more teaching than preaching this morning. So we know the Bible says, be, behold. The love of God, God's love has come to us and has caused us to become sons and daughters. Some people take that as, oh, because God, lo because God love us, automatically we are sons and daughters. No, we have to respond to the love. We have to respond to his love. And when we respond, he enables us. That's what happened when, 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 that's why it's important again when we come to church to worship God. Because when the word of God is preached to you, you begin to worship God. When the word says you need to be born again, all of a sudden now you say, 
Oh God, yes, because now you're responding to his love. You're responding to what he has extended to you. And so that's what you do when you're spiritually inclined and connected with him. You will respond to his love. But if you just come and take his knowledge, you don't respond to it. You just say, yeah, intellectually. That's right. That's right. And so our intellect operate and not our spiritual being. Help us, Lord. And so, when we respond to his love, we will respond in whatever way he's trying to lead us. Because when somebody loves you, you know that they care about you. You know they, they want the very best for you when they love you. Oh, man, I can go on and on about this. We don't do what God say because it's a burden to us. God don't want you to do that. Let me just say that. God don't want you to make his word and his teachings a burden to you. He would like for you to respond to it in love. Because that's why he's telling you, because he's telling you out of love, and he's hoping that we'll respond back to him in love. I got to do this? Don't even do it. I'm speaking for God this morning. If if you got to worry about, I got to do this, I got to do what? Don't even do it! Because that's not love! But when you love, in your mind, ooh, that's deep, God. You're not talking, ooh, God, that's deep, okay, no problem. I know you love me, so I'm all in. I know you love me, so I'm all in. But when you got to frown up and I don't know about all that. This is not about you and the church. This has always been about you and Jesus Christ. This is not about you and the preacher. This has always been about you and Almighty God that loves you. This is what this has always been about. Don't you worry about everybody else or everything else. You just worry about you and Jesus Christ. We get thrown off a lot of times. We let people get into the way. And all that means is, oh, we took our eyes off Jesus or we're not loving Jesus. When we let people get into the way of what we should do for God, when we allow conversation, when we allow church, when we allow preachers, when we allow whatever we allow to to cause us to not respond to God in love, God is the one that you offended. Forget about the preacher and the church and all the other people around that. Forget about them. They don't love you like he loves you. I hope they will love you one day like he loves you. But right now, you know assuredly that he loves you. Because he's shown, he has shown you that he loves you. So you know for sure he does. Don't let anybody get in the way of you and your love for God. Don't let, don't let anything. Don't let any, and if some, whatever it is that's getting in your way of you loving God back like he loves you, do something about it. Get it out of your way. Get it out of your way. As a matter of fact, sometimes you got to pray this prayer. God, Zion, God, I know this is wrong. And somehow I've made it more important than it needs to be in my life. And for somehow I feel like I can't fight it. I can't get rid of it. But I'm praying in the name of Jesus Christ today, Lord God, that you get this out of my heart. I'm praying in the name of Jesus Christ today that you get this out of my life, Lord, because it's stopping me from really loving you. It's stopping me from really obeying you. It's stopping me from growing in you. God will work on your behalf. Because that's sincere prayer right there. Because there are just some things that we've allowed them to to, to overtake us and to overpower us. And we no longer have the strength. But can I tell you this secret? Don't you think God is an idiot? Don't you, please don't think God is not omniscient. He knows everything. So if you're going to pray that prayer, but you're lying to yourself. (laughs) Oh, God. We say some things that, you know, because we're used to telling each other stuff that they don't know that's in our heart. And we sell them on it. So we can sell people on some stuff, Tony, that's going on, you know, that, that, that we deceive in people. We, we sell them something and they bought it or they buy it. And we walk off, yeah, in our mind. Please don't try that with God. 
you asking for trouble now. Don't pick no fight with God. Don't, don't, don't lie to God and tell God one thing when you know it's a lie. Are you kidding me? Just don't say it. Keep on loving your lust. Keep on loving the way you're living. Keep on loving the way you're just, just not doing right. Just live in that way and don't say nothing to God. But don't go to God talking about, oh, God, forgive me. <laughs> Sister Phillips, we can say, God, forgive me all I want. The difference between us and God, you can come to me and say, man, forgive me, brother, and you don't mean it. And I'll say, sure, no problem, man. You know you're my man. And we keep moving, and I forgave. God don't forgive lies. What it means is he don't respond. When you say, oh, Lord, forgive me, but really? Oh, no, I don't, I don't want you to forgive me for that. Why will he respond? Why would God respond to you when you're trying to, you're being deceptive? When you're dealing with God, you don't deceive God. You only deceive yourself. So the only way to deal with God, you better come clean. Come clean. Because any other way, you're, you're picking a fight. You either stay in your sin or do right. But remember what I tell you. God says, oh, hallelujah. God says, I will spew you out of my mouth when you're lukewarm. God don't like the taste of lukewarmness. So when you are lying to yourself or trying to deceive God, you're operating in a lukewarm status. Just be cold and say, God, I'm a sinner. I can't get it right. I like my sin. I don't want to come out of it. But I know i got to get it right. But I'm in sin right now. And there's nothing in me that's saying I, I need to come out. There's no urgency. But I no, I'm in sin. God can deal with that. He's a big boy. He can deal with that. Or if you're over here and you, 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 you're just doing the will of God, God can deal with it. But when you're playing play, play game, here you go, here you go. Oh, God, please forgive me. Help me, Lord. Stop lying. You're being lukewarm. And when you pray those prayers, Holy Ghost, when you pray those prayers, what you're doing is, you're staying in the same place you are, Sister Winnie. When you're praying for asking for forgiveness, but you're not really asking for it, all you're doing is keeping yourself right where you are. Lukewarmness. The state of lukewarmness not doing right. That's all you're doing when you say forgive me when you don't mean it. You are just saying... Oh, I'm just going to stay in here. You're making it feel okay. You're making it feel all right to stay where you are when you're asking God for forgiveness, but you really don't mean it. Because you tell yourself, I repented, when you know you really didn't. You just just said words. So you're just staying right there. You don't want to go to the right. You don't want to go to the left. You just want to stay. Can I tell you something? The Holy Ghost is talking about four of y'all in here. I'm just telling you the truth. I, I know what the Holy Ghost is telling me about, about four people in here today. Holy Ghost is really talking. Because this is not where I'm supposed to be in my message. I'm supposed to be further than this. But the Holy Ghost is talking about four of y'all in here. Maybe more. But I'm going to tell you what the Holy Ghost just put in my heart. About four of y'all. You can't repent playing games. Either just stay where you are and hope that you get it together before you get destroyed. Or you better start working hard to get it together. But no in between. When you stay where you are, you're hoping you hit rock bottom to the point where you come to yourself. That's what the prodigal son did. Prodigal son hit rock bottom and he came to himself. Now everybody ain't going to be like the prodigal son. So it's scary to just keep on going downward, downward spiral. It's scary to keep on going and not deal with it. It's scary to keep going because you might not be like the prodigal and say, Oh God, help me Jesus because even the servants in your house is better off than me right now. And I just want to come back and be a servant. Everybody won't come to themselves like that. So you got to address where you are today. Because God's desire is to make you a son or a daughter. That's his desire. That's his will. That's how much he loves you. That you're doing whatever you want. And he's still saying, it is my desire because I've bestowed. I've lavished you with my love. And I want you to be my child. But you must respond and accept my love. That's what he's saying. And when you do what you want, you reject his love. I don't know how many of you, let me go mess around in y'all's situation. I don't know how many of you, man or woman, set up a nice romantic night, the whole shebang, rose petals, candlelight bath, nice dinner, bedroom all fixed up, 
all of that stuff. And you come and you see, oh, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I don't have time for that. That's what we're doing to God, Tony. That's what we're doing to God. That's the love he extended to us. He has set everything up. Put it all in order. Man, you know how much I love you. I'm just trying to set it up so your life can be great. And... Now nah, I want that. I'm good. That's what we're doing to God. That, that's what we're doing. He has so much love for us that he's constantly preparing things for us. From the very beginning when he created us, he prepared. And he continues to prepare. He's always preparing. And what are we doing? I'm just not mushy. I'm just not like that, God. Hmm. And so God has extended his love towards us. The question is, will we, will we respond to the love he, he has extended to us? Now listen to this. Give you something to hold on to. Here's knowledge. Hopefully you can hold on to this knowledge. Didn't the Bible say we're all God's children? So how can we all be God's children? But what you're saying, preacher, is that I must be born again. But we're all God's children. And I guess that's talking about those that are not born again and those that are born again. How, how does that work? All right. All right. Don't try to say God be double talking. Here's how it works. We're all the children of God in the sense that God has created each and every one of us. And he has given each and every one of us life. So he created all of us. We all have life. So as we get formed in the womb, God is the one that put life into us. And we're getting formed arms and feet and eyes. So God did all of that in the womb. Okay? So listen to this. The created child does not live in the father's house. The created child does not show the father gratitude. The created child lives in rebellion towards the father. The created child do not cooperate with the father. The created child wants all the privileges of the father, wants all the benefits of the father, but none of the responsibilities. So we're all created by God and all his children. But you can remain the created child or the spiritually born. Oh, help me, Jesus. Oh, God, help me. And so we're fooling ourselves. And everybody a child of God. Sure you are. You are the created child. And then there's one that is the... the oh, God, help me. Listen, listen. Ishmael was the created child. Isaac, I'm getting something here this morning, and God wants you all to know, yes, you're all my children, children, but some of you are created in the flesh, and you're still in the flesh. Whatsoever is born of flesh is flesh, but whatsoever is born of spirit is spirit. Flesh don't live in the house. Flesh don't obey the Father. Flesh is not gratified. Flesh do not praise the Father and thank Him, but spirit does. So don't fool yourself. Don't fool yourself and say, I'm good. Because we're all children of God. This is what the world is saying. Man, why we got to do all that? We're all children of God. Yes, we are. But some of us are fleshly children and others are spiritual children. Which one will you be? Because whatever is born of flesh is flesh. And whatever is born of spirit is spirit. We read it. God's children... Who are born again. Spiritual birth. They follow him. In agape love. They are committed to him. They show gratitude to him. They have a friendship with him. And they fellowship with him. Those are his spiritual children. So if you're born of the spirit. You will have fellowship. You will show gratitude. You will have friendship. You will not 
Worry about the commitments you have to make to him because guess all oh my God, because just as much as you make commitments to God, God made commitments to you before he asked you to make a commitment to him. And we get hung up. Why I got to do all that? Why did he have to do all that? Every time you say, why you got to do all that? Ask yourself, why did he have to do all that? Why did he have to go through that whole process? Why couldn't he just walk out the sky and walk down to the earth and not have to die, just wave his wand and sin be gone? Why didn't he just do it that way? When you get to heaven, you ask him. (laughs) When you get to heaven, you ask him, if you get there. So that's the difference between spiritual children and especially children. So God has shown us the love as fleshly children. Now, our response is, will we become spiritual children and begin to live a life that is pleasing? Being God's children separate us from the world. Because that's the next scripture, separates us from the world. We are supposed to make sure that the world, listen to this, the world does not desire to know God. If they did, they would try. So, you know, just so your mind don't stay there. The world does not desire to know God. It even refused to recognize Jesus Christ as God manifest as a man. We struggle with that. The world struggle with that. So the children of God can hardly expect the world to understand a spiritual relationship with God as being his children. Somehow... We want the world to understand who we are and to, and, and, and to respect who we are and to appreciate who we are. If they do, great. If they don't, great. Because you're not in this for the world to like you. You're not in this to get kudos from the people that's not living for God. You're not in this for any other reason but to have a relationship with God. You're in this so he can be impressed with you. So he can be the one to say, here you go. You're looking for approval from God, not approval from the world or from anybody else. You're looking for approval, approval from God. Somehow we allow ourselves to get to a place where we look for approval from people, especially ungodly people. Can't get approval from them. I'm supposed to be trying to get approval from God. And I tell you what, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm living for God the right way and he's saying, good son, you're doing right. Guess what? Real Christian people will approve me as well. Oh yeah. If I'm pleasing God and I'm being God good. If you're living for God and you're sincere about God, me and you will be good. But if there's something not right in there, then that's when everything breaks loose. This is why we all struggle to get along sometimes. Because we're not good with God, which means we're not going to be good with each other. But when we're good with God, we're good with each other. And even when somebody is kind of, I don't know about that with you, 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 you still going to be all right because you know God has my back and I'm approved by him. So it don't feel no way to just go up to you and show you love even if I know you're kind of uncomfortable with me. Uh, I left all that stuff alone, man. When you sell out to God, your pride of worrying about what people think of you, that's out the door. Yeah, when you sell out for God, you don't worry about, you, you, you don't have pride to say, mm-hmm. whatever people want to say, just let them say it. When you, when you done, when you're fully transformed in a spiritual being, one that's living for God, man, you don't care about what nobody think. I mean, I don't go around saying, I don't care what you think. I just know in my mind, I, I, I'm not worried about what you're saying and doing. If I am a, a being approved by him, I'm okay with you. And if you're uncomfortable with me, I'm okay with you. And if you give me a hard time, I'm okay with you. Because man, oh man, it's like, it's like this. Let me, let me see if I can bring it in the natural. It's like, mess with Sister Angela. She got her vacation all scheduled. I'm jealous. So I'm just going to be up front and tell you right now so you can't talk about me. I'm jealous. And so it's like knowing that the carnival ship is waiting. Right? And the day you're going to the ship, somebody get on your nerves. Guess what? 
please, you can get on my nerves all you want, but I'm going on this ship, and I can care less what any of you think. I'm getting on the ship, and I'm getting ready to have me a good time. That's how we feel when we got a good time. We don't let nobody mess up our good time. Nobody don't get you angry when you know, please, I'm on my way to the cruise port. You can say whatever you want. The only person can get on my nerve that day is if the taxi get in the accident or something. And I'm mad then, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but 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 nobody around me. I be stepping. When my when my, when my um, what y'all said the other day last year I was on my way to New York and I'm just stepping. When I'm when I'm when I know I'm stepping towards a good time, <laughs> yeah. You can talk about me all you want. <laughs> I talk to you in a couple of days after my good time is over, but you're not getting my way a good time. And it's the same thing with God. If you know you're doing all right with God, don't let nobody blow you high. Don't let nobody mess with your good time. Just keep doing right when they want to be messing, okay? You'll come around. All right, here I go. I'm closing up. And so First John, in closing, says this in chapter 3, verse 2. Now that we are the children of God. So I've gone through explaining God's love to us and how we become children, right? So everybody should be clear on that. Now that we're the children of God. huh? We're now the children of God. Not next week. Not sometimes in the future. Not when Christ returns. Right now when we are born again. Spiritually, when we're born again, we're now the children of God. We're, we're, we're not waiting. We're now the children of God. Right now, are we the children of God when we're born again? So we don't have to wait till God come back to become a child of God. But John further explained, yet there is a future. Tell your neighbor, yet there's a future. So even though we're born again, Eric, there's still more to come. This is not the main course. Put it in my connotation of food. This is appetizer. So we're just cocktail hour, Madison, without the alcohol. Cocktail hour. Some hors d'oeuvres, Eric. Some sparkling cider, some Welch's grape juice, some good appetizer. As a Christian, that's what you're supposed to be experiencing. This is supposed to be good to you. We're supposed to be having a good time. We're supposed to be like, man, oh man, I can think about. Just, just think about, just think about your appetizer, your drinks, knowing the main course is coming. So we are Christians right now. We are the children of God right now. We are enjoying this life of Christ. We are enjoying going to worship and praising God. We are doing that and we are that. But boy, oh boy, it still is a main course that's coming uh, that we have not yet responded to uh, and have not yet received. Uh, and so we just enjoying this good time right now. Mr. Thomas agreed with me on that. He said yes. He said yes. We enjoy an appetizer. We drinking our non-alcoholic stuff. We fellowshipping. You know? We talking. That's what they do. We got our musician in the back. Nice music in the back. And we talking. We talking and we eating. Cocktail hour. That's what we are as Christians. We're in the cocktail hour. It says we are now the children of God. And so when we become born again of the Spirit, we are now the children of God. We are now in the room. We are now in the kingdom. We are now in the cocktail hour. We're there. We're there. But... It have not yet appeared what we shall be. We know what we are now. 
But we don't know what we will be in the future. We just know if this is good right now, how much better will it be when the main course is served? If this is good right now, I can just imagine. Oh, God. (laughs) Help us, Jesus. Help us. We have a future. Tell your neighbor we have a future. The here and the yet. Yet, there's still something supposed to happen. Christians who have been born into the family of God, we're in the cocktail hour. Tell your neighbor we're in the cocktail hour. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We don't know what we shall be. But the Bible says, but we shall be like him. And we shall see him as he is. So you're telling me right now, I don't see God as he is? No. You're getting some understanding. You're getting some clarity. You're getting some revelation of who he is. But you still don't know him fully. Oh yeah. We're the sons of God and daughters of God. But it had not yet appeared what we shall be. For we shall be like him. Tell your neighbor, you're going to be like him. You're close to it. Oh, yeah. You're going to be like him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Bible says, but we shall see him. See him, Maddie. Maddie taking this sermon in today. Something sparked Maddie today. Maddie said, huh, interesting. Uh, but we shall see him as he is. You know what see means in the Greek, Maddie? It means, it, it's not talking about the physiological way of seeing things. It means we will perceive him as he is. We will recognize him as he is. We will even appreciate who he is. In order for people to truly know each other, we got to spend time with each other. You don't know somebody by seeing them. You know somebody, Eric, by spending time with them. And so in order for us to see Jesus as he is, we're going to have to start putting in the time now. Because if we don't put in the time now, we will never get to the place of being able to see him as he is. We need to put that time in now. This is why I said we got to make this thing spiritual. We can't make it intellectual anymore. We can't make it intellectual anymore. It has to be spiritual. The way how we take in the word of God must be spiritual. So in order for us to know God, we're going to have to perceive him, recognize him. And the only way we can recognize him is if we spend time with him. Christians must must experience the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. By trying to dodge, and I'm closing, I'm right there. By trying to dodge, oh man. Brother Scarlett, by trying to dodge some of the things that we must go through, we will never truly get to know him. We want to know him, but we want to get around some of the things that he's been through. He says, the world hateth me, so they will hate you. But you don't want to be hated. He said, I love, but not everybody loved me. But you don't want to go through that. He said, I suffered people talking about me and treating me wrong. But we don't want to go through that. How are we ever going to experience him? We have to experience resurrection and we have to experience suffering. And if we don't experience suffering, if we don't experience all the turmoil that he's going through, if we don't experience rejection, if we don't experience all of these things, we will never truly get to know who our God is. Because he says, the only way you're going to know me, Paul said it, that we must know him through his resurrection and his sufferings. Here we are, stand with me. Philippians chapter 3. You can stand with me as I read this. Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 says, That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. You can only know him through the suffering that he experienced. You can only know him if you truly got resurrection from the resurrected from flesh to spirit. 
that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Being made comfortable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained. Either were already perfect. But I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which also am I apprehended of Christ. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded and if anything Ye be otherwise minded. God shall reveal even this unto you. We are the children of God. But it doesn't end here. We have not yet understand or understood the what is to come. And the only way we will ever be able to grasp what is to come is by allowing our future to begin right now with our present. We have to allow our future to begin right here and now with our present. And if we're going to make it to heaven and we're going to see Jesus and we're going to be like him, we have to make our present start right now. Because the future begins with your present. God is not calling us to experience it in a, in a way he did. You're not going to be placed on the cross. They're not going to put nails in your hand. They're not going to put a crown of thorn on your head. They're not going to nail your feet to the cross. They're not going to put a spear in your side. They're not going to do all of that to you. Yes, you will go through some things. But my God, is it worth it? When you get a real locked in relationship with God, no matter what you're going through, you just take it for what it is. Say, all right, this is challenging, maybe even hurtful, maybe even disappointing. But at the end of the day, it doesn't compare. If you go up further in Philippians, where actually, I won't share with you. But it's talking about the weight of glory that we will experience when we experience the glory of God. Nothing that you went through will ever be able to compare with the weight of his glory. What God will bestow upon you, if you're living good right now and it's going good for you right now, you will not be able to grasp what God has in store for you because it is far more greater than what you will experience right now as a Christian. It is far more better than what you're experiencing. And right now, if you're living for God, you're supposed to be experiencing some good stuff. (laughs) Lord, help us. Lord, help us. I'm not looking for anything else to satisfy me. I've been fortunate, and many of you have been fortunate, to live in our world and dabble in the pleasures of this world and the sins of this world. And I hope by now you'll be able to see that really nothing out there and you'll get locked in and say you know what let me give God everything because there's really nothing out there everything just keeps on recycling keep on going to say nothing really changed and so if you would just put your mind on Jesus and put your focus on Jesus today from this day on no longer will I allow me coming into church be informational. Yes, I will retain the information, but I'm going to make this spiritual because I want it to go into my heart. I want it to permeate my soul. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, many of us could make our future begin right now with our present. 
Oftentimes we come to church, Lord God, and we hear the preaching of the word. Sometimes we say that's good. Other times it doesn't have really great impact on us. Depending on what we're going through, depending on how we're living, the word of God may not affect us the same. And so we retain some of it. Some of it we don't. We come in and we leave. We face another week. And Lord God, we continue to cycle. I, for one, today want to tell you, Lord God, I'm not interested in a cycle. But I want every day, Lord God, that I walk this walk, I want to encounter deeper things in you. I want to grow in you. I don't just want to process information. But God, I want wisdom from you because wisdom is how I need to utilize the knowledge you have given me. Lord, will you impart wisdom to each and every person in this room right now? For Lord, it's only through the impartation of wisdom can we now allow this word to take root and to take legs and begin to transform our life. Lord, we don't want to leave this place today without knowing where we're heading. Without holding on to the word of God. Without, Lord God, knowing that we're children of God and that we need to trust you. Oh, Father, help us today. Will somebody just ask God to help them today? Will somebody just trust God today and say, God, I know you can do it. Will somebody be honest before God today? Will you be honest before God? Nobody has to know. It's just between you and God. You can pray quietly or you can pray in your mind, whatever you're trying to get out. But please, as I said, God will not be taken for granted. And don't lie to God. Don't lie to Him because He knows your heart. But if you will totally surrender today, embrace His love, and now honor His the commitments He has placed upon you through His love, God will do something great. God will do something wonderful and something lovely in your life. He loves you. And He has your best interests at heart. He says, I know my plans I have towards you. For you and my thoughts towards you. So will you allow God to do good things in your life by just being real with Him? By being honest with Him? By being sincere with Him? He wants you to be a true child.